Hi, everyone. This is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic Onobotulinum Toxin A and iFund Women Grants at South by Southwest, thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. What advice would you give to upcoming like female entrepreneurs or just already sort of established trying to survive still? I literally joke with my staff and, and we always are saying, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? You want to be broke all the time and working 24-7? Ooh. Yeah, but look so, at you. Yeah, right? But I'm here. So the advice that I give is and I coined this, and I believe I said it on my TED Talk, that your passion follows you. You cannot follow your passion. So my advice is to let your passion follow you, get out of your own way, and never stop and never settle. This episode was brought to you by Botox Cosmetic. Learn more at BotoxCosmetic.com and talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, call 877 877- Three five one zero three zero zero, and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeartRadio, or subscribe where you listen to your podcast. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B and B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us was trying to brand us. We were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's 902-1OMG with Jenny Garth and Tori Spelling. Okay, hi, you guys. This is crazy. We're back for another episode of 9021 OMG, but I don't know where the heck Tori is. <laughs> Amy, where, you're our producer. Where is she? Okay, so weren't you just in a meeting with her, like a Zoom Literally meeting? Literally just had her face ago. on my computer, and now I can't, nobody can find her. So here, I'm not a detective, but here's my thought. We've tried calling her. It's going straight to voicemail. We're texting her and it's going green. What if her power went out weirdly? Oh no. Or yeah, like the internet. She had an internet. Like I don't think she was like, she just was in a Zoom with you. So like she wasn't trying to get somewhere. This happens. I'm just going through my. It happens though. Yeah, if I was Technology today, it's out of control. I was like a real CIA criminal minds, you know, agent. 
I'm going power outage. <laughs> okay. That's your call. Well, yeah, I, what do you think? I hope that's it because you can get your power back, but I can't find my friend. But I, but okay. So like if she fell, let's just say she, <laughs> she fell oh, after no, she fell. the meeting, but her phone would be working. So like the fact Maybe that she can't reach the phone, maybe it's like those commercials, like I've fallen and I can't get up. Right. Which is why everyone needs that, um, that device. I'm not even joking neck. that when I get, yep, I'm getting that thing. <laughs> but so I don't think it's that because the phone wouldn't be going straight to voicemail and the text wouldn't be going green. Although does she live in like a dicey cell service area? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, did she move? <laughs> <laughs> What else could it be? How can we do like, 9021 OMG without her? It just doesn't feel I mean, I think she's going right. to be in like three minutes. You think she's like just going to pop in any second? Magically? So. <laughs> and she'll have some good story to tell. This is a big Donna episode, though. We can't we can't talk about no, it without her. I actually thought Tori was, again, particularly good in the right? episode. I thought you were, too. No, 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 no. This was the episode where I was like, oh, my gosh, Do- uh, Donna yes. is really finding her stride totally agree and smoking hot cute like mm-hmm. tori looked awesome with that hair <laughs> you the, like, love big... the big hair i tried to make my hair bigger today for this podcast because i was inspired as it just won't poof like i can't get any more poof out of it you had great hair in the sort of sexy slicked back <laughs> All black. There was a lot of black. Yeah. In this episode. My character, Kelly, was very uh, seductress in this episode. I yes. felt like, she, what is she doing? Oh, I loved it. Are you, <laughs> so, yeah, what's that like to watch that? I, 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 was, I was like, wait, I don't know. This is the part where people are either going to love it or they're going to hate Kelly. Oh, God. It's a million percent double thumbs up. Yes. You like the, you like the drama. Yeah, because it's not, here's what I love. They're not just bombarding me too much. It's subtle. It's minimal. There's, oh, Tori's coming. Yay! I knew it. <gasps> okay, let's find out what's happened. Let's let her in, let her in. Let her into the party. Oh God, if I'm right, do I get a prize? Like, you Your call is you think she fell over and can't reach no, the No, I think power out, oh, oh. power out. <laughs> Okay. I, I don't think she fell. I'm going to say the dog got out and she was chasing it. Oh, good one. Good one. Well, here's what's interesting. I know we'll talk about this. There's also another title. Did you notice that? So there's a too uh-huh, little, too uh-huh. late. Then there's a Paris, Paris title. Right. It was like, like they were, there were two shows happening, but that's always the case. There's always an A and a B and a C storyline. So I don't know why they felt there were definitely that. different writers. Really? Yes. If you watch on the credits, there's different writers. And then I looked it up. Well, I'm going to look it up again. There's a total title for the Paris part. Say something interesting while I look it up. Okay. Well, <laughs> I will do that. But I did feel like this was the episode, the, the title of it, Too Little Too Late, was more geared toward Andrea's storyline, Andrea and Brandon, because, right, that reference, too little, too late, she's, like, going to go off with Peter Krause, you know? I can't wait to talk about that, too. Yeah, so then the other part, the Paris part, was titled Paris 75001, which I'm assuming is the zip code to Paris. Like 90210, get it? It's cheeky. I I get it, but is that how (laughs) it works in in France? Is there a a zip code that's this, like, matching number? Yeah, I think there's a zip code, but when you mail a letter you write it in a different order yeah like it you don't doesn't look you anything write like, like that 
Beverly Hills, California, 90210. But when you send a letter there, I think it's all. Yeah. I think you send it all out of order. It's the postal code. But yes, you have to put in 01 or something. There she is. (laughs) She's there. (laughs) We have been looking everywhere for you. First of all, you look beautiful. You saved our lives because we're bad without you. Mm. Uh, You guys are just fine. Wait, we need to know what happened. Did you, did the dog get out? Did you fall off your chair? We have, we're trying to figure out where you've been. I was uh, sitting right here. My oh wife. no, technical problems. Yeah, I guess my Wi-Fi was out. I didn't realize I was just sitting here and I was like, how come we're not starting? <laughs> we were asking the same thing. I said power outage, but oh, that's so funny. So you have to turn it on, turn it off, turn it on. Yeah, it was. I don't know. Spectrum. Oh, no, deep breath. We're gonna have a good time because we will I'm say sure. you were smoking hot in this episode. Ah. Smoking hot. Thanks. Hey everyone. So as you can imagine, we know a thing or two about makeup. We've pretty much tried it all. And we are really liking Thrive Cosmetics because they have a full line of makeup perfect for an everyday look refresh. They have clean ingredients that feel great on your skin and their products are foolproof, which makes it easy for any skill level to apply. And it's really cool to know that Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive. Oh, I love that connection. See that? Plus, how cool is it that their high-performance formulas are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free? Amazing. And they have zero parabens, sulfates, and phthalates. I really believe when it comes to makeup, beautiful eyebrows are so important, don't you think? Their Infinity Waterproof Eyebrow Liner helps you achieve your ideal eyebrow look. And their easy-to-use waterproof pencil holds like a wax and blends like a powder. Ooh la la. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash 90210. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash 90210 for 10% off your first order. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Velour XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. 
With the weather getting warmer, finally, it is time for a wardrobe refresh. And when I want to update my style without breaking the bank, I turn to Quince. They offer premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. And washable silk tops, timeless 14-karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They partner directly with top factories, so Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to you. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. I use the hoop earrings I ordered from Quince all the time. And basically live in the slippers that I ordered on their website. The prices and quality are so worth it. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash 90210 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash 90210 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash 90210. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, you guys. We are back for another episode of 9021 OMG. You got us. We're all here. There she is. We're here. We're all accounted for and alive. It's a good day. Yeah. Fair. I don't win the prize because I thought it was power outage, but it was a Wi-Fi outage. I know. What is that? It's kind of the same thing. Yeah. It's like a life outage. Like if if you don't have Wi-Fi nowadays, like if it goes out, everything goes to poop. Done. (laughs) You're done. It's like, it's so crazy. You can't live without it. It's like, what do you do anymore? It's so true. I should have called you on my landline because I do have one of those still. (laughs) You still have a landline. She has a handheld portable phone in her hand. That is almost like a museum quality artifact right there. Pretty much, pretty much. (laughs) What you missed was we talked about how this episode has two titles, Too Little Too Late. And then it's Paris 75001. I saw that. I kind of like that, though. Got two writers on one, one on the other. Yeah, that's the thing. So she, Amy was saying that there was a different writer for the Paris segment than 
Yeah, I don't know Ka- this. Karen Rosen, right? What is it? It was, oh, is that the zip code or the, they don't have zip codes in that's what I said. Okay, okay. So, so is it is okay, okay. It's their postal code, but it's the same thing as a zip code. But it, I didn't think they looked the same. I didn't either, and I was confused. I was like, "What is that number?" It was like a mystery, like a code. This is we are talking about season three, episode three, too little, too late. Aired on July 29th, nineteen ninety two, y'all. Synopsis, Brenda and Donna adjust to living in Paris. Andrea counsels a deaf child who has difficulty adjusting to summer camp. Dylan and Kelly flirt with each other and Brandon develops feelings for Andrea. What the? Directed by Daniel Adias, written by Darren Starr, Jonathan Roberts, and Karen Rosen. So maybe that's it. it. Maybe that's why we have three writers listed. Interesting, because if I'm not wrong, when I watched it, I saw Maria Semple listed as the writer of one of the I think Beverly I saw Hills that too version. in the credits yeah. like in the opening yes well that would be an inaccurate uh, list of our writers there then <laughs> I, th- I think it's not correct here because I don't think Darren wrote this episode either yeah I, I think you're right I think we have incorrect information from the internet oh, but I'm gonna no. assume that the yeah the credits on tv were correct yeah we should go with that. Nonetheless, it was a good episode because it this was where we see you guys go mm-hmm. to Paris. Now, my first and most important question is, was that filmed at Universal Studios? <laughs> where was that film, Paris? Ding, ding, ding. Yep, it was. That's On it. the back lot. Yeah. <gasps> you didn't get to go. For realsies. No, I know. But it was fun because we got out of our routine and got to go somewhere else. And we were at Universal and it felt like you were in Paris. It really did. It did. It looked real enough. It really did look like you were there and you were in all the best parts. Yeah, exactly. Except the, obviously the, the apartment they stay in that was on set. So yeah, the the episode starts though on um, Chuck Rosen's daughter, Chuck and Karen Rosen's daughter was the, one of the little girls at the uh, beach with Andrea. Didn't you see how yes. cute she was? Yes. What was her name? Was it Lindsay? Or, Lindsay. Um, they have two daughters. Yeah. The oldest one, I think, though. The oldest one. Mm-hmm. Is she the one that's a writer now? Mm-hmm. I believe yeah. so. But yeah, that was so fun to see her, like... Yeah. So cute and sassy. She was. I wish she had buried Brandon a little bit more. Wait, did you guys feel like something was wrong with um, your sound? I and then when I realized, I felt really bad. <laughs> I know that it was for a second his version. Yeah, for a second, I was like, "Where's the clicker? Something's happening. I got to fix did this you, sound." I was like, Wait. "Yeah, I was I was watching out of my phone, and I was just, I kept going back because I was like, <laughs> oh, god, the internet.' I thought it, that was very clever. I've I've seen other shows where they do that, and I thought, whoa, that was a little ahead of its time that they thought of doing that to let the audience know what the little boy was experiencing. Yeah, it got me. It, they, they got me. Yeah. Yeah, it was good once we found out. And then, but before that, it was weird. I wonder if people turned the channel. Like, <laughs> I can't hear this stupid show. <laughs> that was a risk. I'm, I'm going over to something else. I can't remember what was on in the 90s on the other networks. Doesn't matter. That little boy and his mom both looked familiar. I think they've obviously both worked before and since. 
that little boy was so cute. And I felt like he could have played a young Steve Sanders as well. Good call. Right? He could have if they had just curled his hair a little bit and then made it long in the back and (laughs) poofy in the front too. Yep. This episode had a lot happening because here's the things I want you guys to break down. Mm-hmm. Kelly and Dylan. Mm-hmm. That didn't really Andrea. happen that much. There was just a couple, oh, you know, a few little moments. You, girl, you stop. But those moments it, are everything. <laughs> yeah, you stop. It's it a slow build, good. I guess. Brandon and Andrea. Mm-hmm. Jack, yeah. McKay, and Dylan. Yeah. Right. Donna and Brenda in Paris. Oh, my gosh. So and then things. I guess I would loop in the other Andrea stuff with like the Peter Krause stuff with the Brandon. Who stuff. knew so he we, did so many episodes? Yeah. And he was way more prominent in this one. So what do you all think? What was your favorite of those storylines? I, I was just also like Kelly stays behind and doesn't go to Paris so she can be with baby Aaron. Where the heck is baby Aaron? She doesn't care about that baby. Oh, we already did that in one episode. That's done. <laughs> she just wants to work on her tan and seal boyfriends apparently. <laughs> what do you think of the sort of their sprinkling in the flirty flirt flirt which i'm like couldn't be I'm i so loved 100%. it i mean yeah. you guys your chemistry is so like it just explodes off the screen so i i feel I, like I, they they i don't know i just it makes me uncomfortable that she's talking to him like that with brenda just that she just left i feel very like conflicted as brenda's yeah. friend to see what happened because I, I didn't really see it. I didn't think it was inappropriate or overt. I thought it was just cute. And, but as fans were like, oh, this is happening. Again, here's the point. Is it because we know? Mm-hmm. Like, if you didn't know, would you still think she was flirty? Or would you be like, she's just adorable and like, she's cute. And this is how girls talk to boys. Yeah. Because like that scene where they're talking at, at the, at they're having a, a drink at the bar, you know, mm-hmm. and you, we remember we were like, have they known each other for a long time? And then Kelly makes reference to, yeah, we were in kindergarten together. Kindergarten. So w- you do see their relationship is a lot deeper and richer than you ever thought it was because they just have that history and that similarity mm-hmm. of growing up in Beverly Hills together and growing up with parents or dads specifically that are not really showing up for them. Yeah. Mm. What is mineral water? <laughs> Sparkling water. What are you talking about? Is it like Perrier? Yeah. Like he, yeah. Dylan ordered mineral water. And I'm like, what is Oh, because we didn't say sparkling back then. What, would, it, would, he, would, would Dylan say, can I get a sparkling water? <laughs> that That's like, what I say. Well, mineral little, water sounded weird too. That does sound like some water you found under a rock. <laughs> Should we talk about when Steve says, come on, lovebirds? That's so you guys are... Doing the tug of war, I think, and then you fall. It always and happens like, like that in the, on, in the movies. They, the, the fall, it always happens when the girl falls on top of the boy or the boy falls on top of the girl. <laughs> Just magically in place like that. He does call totally. them lovebirds, but I don't know why he says that. Because uh, he's Steve. Were, and it was so obvious, like, oh, these two lovebirds. Now, he's not doing it to be like an ass. Mm-mm. He's not like being a jerk he's being cute meaning steve and and friendly with them i did th- i did i did remember a moment from that scene though when we were playing tug of war uh on the beach 
I remember when we did actually fall, my entire boob came out of that bathing suit, <laughs> of the leopard bathing suit. And uh, I think that's where the whole, do you, I don't know if it's where it originated, but I definitely got a dose of, do you remember, this is terribly um, graphic, what they would always... <laughs> I don't know who specifically would reference nipples in the terms pink, sucky, or brown chewy. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Does oh that, my do you God, remember? Yes. This is horrible that I'm, I can't not talk about oh. it though, because my boob came out in that scene and uh, there was talk about a pink sucky. And I didn't understand what they, they meant. And they had a, I had to have that explained to me. Oh my God. That just gave me such flashbacks <laughs> of the boys being the boys. boys like yeah. they were so dirty. This is yeah, probably definitely not a conversation that would fly on a set today. <laughs> but, but let's keep having it. Referencing uh nipples. I remember nif- being nipples. paranoid because I was like, oh, what what's better? Mine? Like I would look in the mirror and be like, I think mine's somewhere in the middle of it. <laughs> what is it? Pink, sucky, brown, chewy? Yeah. And then I was like so paranoid. Like, But where, where does that one, come from? Is one better? Yeah. Is the pink, sucky better? What is it? What is it? Like a pink, you either have a pink ninny. Like it's just the tone nip, of your. Or you have a brown nip. And it's a, it, you don't, you didn't, you don't ask for it. You don't get to decide which one you get. You just, that's your boob. <laughs> Oh, it's that, kind of nipple shaming almost. It really is and like teaches you to compare your even your nipples. Yeah. And then they always would talk about if you if girls had small nipples or big nipples. They called them some a dollar size ones <laughs> <laughs> or diamonds. I don't know. I was just watching though the scene right before it. <laughs> and I was watching them like have this like sweet moment. Like the uh, like a moment and I, and I started to cry and I was like, this is going to be really, really hard for me to watch this whole Kelly Dillon thing because this is, you know, my body just like instantly recalled like the feelings of working with him and loving him so much. And it was, I was tearing up and then cut to the scene on the beach where my boob falls out. (laughs) And I was like instantly just yanked right out of that tender moment into (laughs) the reality of like what was, you know, on set chemistry and how it was well, like. It seems like a good time to bring up, obviously before we do these shows, our team does a lot of, you know, Googling. And one of the things that really comes up about this episode is that one of the main reasons for the Dylan Kelly storyline is that Luke Perry had asked to work with you, Jenny. And I think we know that that is true. So can you tell us about that? Well, you, you're referencing something I think that might've been on another podcast. Like I think Chuck, um, might've revealed it. Mm -hmm, Oh, really? The heat that he got a call from Luke saying that that's how this whole thing started. That Luke said, I want to work with the blonde. And when you guys gave us this info, we were together last week and I was like, Oh my God. And I freaked out. And Jen goes, what? Cause we got that text. And I was like, my mind's blown. And she was like, true and I was like what as a fan I was freaking out I didn't even know that I knew that but I didn't want to say that like it's that like I would never want to 
I know you feel like you're bragging, but like, I love that. If that's the right word, but like, tell us what you know, because that was so sweet and amazing. And like, he just knew you guys would have great chemistry. Like you had a great friendship. You had crushes on each other. Tell us what you're comfortable telling us. I do know that he did make that call and that he, uh, you know, it's what he wanted. And, you know, at that point he was a major, major, major part of the show and they did what Luke wanted, you know, and, and I don't think they disagreed with him necessarily. And they thought that it was probably open up a lot of like interesting storylines, the love triangle and Brenda going off to discover herself mm-hmm. and all of the stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's no secret. Luke and I had a, you know, very strong bond and like sort of a unrequited love for each other that was not just on screen. And, um, this was, I think, you know, just a, a way for us to work together and, and spend more time together. And we enjoyed one another and we enjoy working with each other. And I think that's where it came from. We never really talked about it. It was just kind of like a, Oh, okay. This is happening. And let's like, did he say I, I made that call or no? I don't remember him ever saying that to me. Like, Cause he's not, he was never the kind of guy that would be like, yeah, I made that happen or right, you're right. that's what I wanted. Or, you know, it was just like, it happened. And then there was just like, you know, an, a knowing. Do you think they like checked in with your team? Like, is Jenny cool with that direction? Does she want to do that? I don't know. I mean, we have to ask Randall James <laughs> to ask Mr. Showbiz. Like, is that yes. how it went down? He'll remember. He remembers everything. He will remember. Rand- Randy, did you? Is he listening? Hi, I'm here. I'm putting him on the spot. <laughs> this, is, this is the voice of my manager, everyone. He's always on Since the line. Since you were line. 15, right? <laughs> yes. Yes, yes. And okay. I actually do believe, um, Tori, I think your dad called me personally, which which was rare and terrifying <laughs> when, when that happened. What, you it thought was I was always, getting fired? It was, all, it was always either really good news or really bad news. <laughs> In, in this case, he, he uh, called me and told me that Luke had made that request and he was assuming that that was okay with Jen. And I, Jen, I think you and I talked about it and obviously it was fine. And then uh, it was all systems go. <laughs> there you have it. I literally have chills. Like Me too. Me too. Chills. And like, I'm totally like, I'm weirdly fighting back tears. Like, what an amazing, like, I just, I'm almost just like, I can't speak. What does that mean to you guys? I mean, if that's just me feeling that, Tori, what are you like feeling when you hear that? Well, the other thing I just want to jump in real quick and, and say that that Aaron was always very, very considerate with letting Jenny approve um, her love interests. And that was very important to him. And so he was he was which does not normally happen uh in television series you know all of a sudden someone shows up and that's who you're working with but um that was something that he was very very good about and so that that was that was something that was somewhat rare that your dad did which which always impressed me okay i'm out i'm done (laughs) thank you i i never got approval there's there's some ones i would have kicked to the curb (laughs) if i if i had gotten approval um that makes me uh it's just it's like fate, you know, it's like that soulmate fate because 
it, it's hard for me to find the words because it's Jen's story in real life and on camera, not mine. But it's that knowing from a friend perspective when two people are just meant to be together. And in real life, it kind of, it never, they were always with other people and just circumstances in life. So it makes me super happy that two people that were a version of soulmates got to experience it on camera, I guess, for lack of better words. Wow. Guys, wow. Yep. Why don't we take a little break and then we'll come right back. Thank you for sharing that, you guys. Wow. It's amazing. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. 
the war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. ...that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About $6 million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. about Paris for a second yes definitely can we talk about the people used to at that point were still smoking on airplanes what the heck talk Wait, about date on an airplane oh because you you Donna says I can't handle it I've had, smelled so much smoke on the flight oh my remember? god that happened I can't remember Jen like I remember <laughs> seeing the things that said no smoking but I was Do like, you remember oh. the little ashtrays in the armrest? Yeah. yeah. But I was like, oh, it was gone before our time. I remember But it, it wasn't. No. You like literally remember seeing people smoke. Yeah. And then, and Not it used so. to be you could smoke anywhere. And then there was, then they developed like, oh, a smoking section. You had to sit in the smoking <gasps> seats, but which so makes no bizarre. sense because you're all on a metal tube flying, shooting through the sky. It, there's, it's the smoke doesn't stay in the section, people. But Yeah. <sighs> And then How? thank God they stopped it all. Thank God you can't smoke on an airplane anymore. What the? I can't. I'm still floored by it. So as we've talked about, I didn't take my first flight till I was 18. Was it done by then? Because I'd never seen it anyone must smoke have on a been. plane. Yeah. But and then for a long, long, long time, they still had the armrests with the ashtrays in them. And yeah, they, I remember. Like they never changed that. them out. I, I used to put my gum in there. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Corey, sidebar, did your dad ever start flying or was he always like, no? No. No, because obviously he could have had private planes. I know. God, no, <laughs> now I'll never not. have that. I wish that had been a thing. Dang it. In I my wish life you had then. a plane named Tori that we could just jet off in. Did he time. drive himself or did he have a driver? He had a driver. Wow. But yeah, I mean, you know, I've told the story and you can, everyone can see the story online, but he had the near death experience that the whole plane crashed when he was coming back from world war two and, mm. and his mom thought he was dead. And by the time he got home, she was like, promise me you'll never fly again. He was 18. He never flew again. Wow. Which, yeah. So there was a lot of road trips. I feel like that his whole stance on not flying trickled onto me at a young age, just because <laughs> I was like, wait, you can 
I can say I'm not flying and I can be afraid of flying. I'm never going to fly again. Okay. So I'm not going to fly again. And then I remember I wouldn't fly for a long time and I would take a train. I even took a train across the whole entire country to get to New York. Oh my God. Cause I just got scared, but then I had to work through that because that wasn't very realistic because I travel a lot, you know? Oh gosh. Yeah. If we could just take a train everywhere, I would do that. But yeah. So did your dad ever go to New York? Not really. No. One time we took a train. Wow. You remember that train ride? I do. I do because we were in a private car attached to the back of the Amtrak train <laughs> and we took, we went to Europe. So we took a train to New York, which took, I think three days. Yeah. And then we got on the QE2. Um, which is a boat. Is that a boat? It was a cruise ship. It was a huge, a gigantic one movie theaters. It had everything on it. Um, and this is back in the eighties and it took a week to get to Europe. Oh, geez. So seven, eight, nine, ten, ten 10, 10 days to get there and 10 days to get home. And how long were you there? I think we stayed like two or three weeks. That's insane. <sighs> that sounds fun though. Speaking of this, <laughs> it was good memories. Speaking of the spellings, did I see a quick glimpse of Randy's spelling in this episode? I saw him. I saw him. You saw him? No, I missed it. You, you didn't see Randy. Randy was the, he was working with Andrea with the kids. He helps mm-hmm. one of them like off the slide or something. I'm not going to lie, you guys. That that storyline bored me. I skipped through some of it. <laughs> oh, you missed it. Like, you missed your brother's big like, debut. I was like Donna and Brenda. I was like Kelly and Dylan and then everything in between. I'm so sorry. Oh my God, I missed my brother. Okay, now I have to go back. Yeah, you have to go Wait, back. It's very playing, quick though. Did he play the character he later played on the show, which was Steve's stepbrother mm. or no? I don't think so. He was no. literally just a guy in a uniform helping on. He didn't talk. He said, yeah, he no, he speak. had one line. Oh, what was I remember? I missed that. I was, I'm pretty sure. He's like, let me move this pillow. Something like that. <laughs> no, like, like I remember him kind of lifting. Let me help you. It was like, a kid. Yeah. I think it was a kid. <laughs> I think it was a moving a kid. <laughs> Not a pillow. <laughs> that shows like, I would be a terrible eyewitness, but I mean, I guess we should get into the Andrea Brandon. But wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. Let's talk. I want to talk more about about France. Oh, okay. Fine, fine, fine. Because yes, I had the same question. Does everybody everybody smoke in Paris? Is that still the case? Like, is it like that when you go to a place there and they just cigarettes smoke everywhere? I feel like Europe is so much more than in the States, right? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's why when they ordered the veal and it turned out to be. Okay. That first of all, who serves brains? (laughs) What restaurant serves brains? A lot of them. They're AKA they're called sweet breads. No. So by the way, sweet breads was the, the, the balls of a, of an animal. (laughs) Nope. It's the labia. No, 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 not that. (laughs) No, it's brains. And I always thought this story came from, because when we did go, (laughs) Randy's like, no. Uh, When we did go our one time to Europe in in Paris when I was 12, my mother did this to me, but she knew. And sweet, oh, sweetbreads are intestines. Okay, my bad. We're both wrong. Is sweetbreads, see, I knew sweetbreads had something to do with the nether regions, not the brains. So she did the uh, thymus gland. Wait. Isn't that in your brain? No? I'm not going to comment because we're both going to sound so stupid. Anyway, I just remember in, in, in Paris, 
eating something and it was mushy. And I was like, I don't know about this. And then my mom's like, well, I didn't think you would try it. And we always have that rule in our house. You try everything, your kids, one bite. And then she was like, they're brains, but it's sweetbreads. Anyway, so, but I love this scene so much yes, because it was this like. this is the scene that you always talk about that you're like, this is the scene that I, that I got to, like you felt yourself in this scene. And I was scared. I was scared because. You know, Shannon was definitely the alpha in our friendship on camera and in real life. Um, And I was even two years younger. I was just like, oh, my God, she's the cool girl. Like I was just I was a follower back then. So I would just whatever she said, whatever she did, I wanted to do. Um, And I remember being nervous in that scene, being like, should I do this? And I added that where I just like drop it out. Cavs brains are considered Brandy, Jenny's manager, is very on top of this. He's very into this. <laughs> he wants to talk about the brains, but go yeah. ahead. Um, and I remember doing it and like the crew all laughed and the director was like, oh, my God, that was great. Do it again. You and mean, are you talking about when you spit the brains out? When I spit it out. She's like, it's brain sauna. We're eating brains or whatever. And I go, yeah. <laughs> so I did that and everyone laughed, but I felt nervous because I felt like I was stepping on the star's toes. Does that make sense in any way? It, it doesn't because it, you're funny. Like you got to, you were like the funny, like fun was character. She, was she intimidating? Was that maybe why Tori felt you that? Think? Like she was. <laughs> it, um, keep in mind, we were all teenagers back then. So sometimes, you know, and I was seen as lesser than at the time because I was shy and I was quiet and she was the star at least in my mind I this is this episode is the most dialogue Donna has ever had in three seasons so um I think getting huge laughs I just remember looking at her and I couldn't tell if she thought it was funny or she was like what are you doing and I got really nervous but then that little like I reached down real far and I put my big girl pants on and I was like keep doing it. Keep doing it. It's funny. It's funny. You just, even if she's mad, even if she's like, oh, why you're the, now you're the comic relief in the scene. You just got to go with it. Again, she never said anything, but it was that friendship thing. I remember looking up and she was the only one not laughing. And I was like, is she mad at me for doing that? Is she mad that I'm, people think I'm funny in this? Well, we were talking about this before you came on that this was the episode where you, your character really started to have a major definition and like, just like a real strong presence in the show and it and in your acting in it too was like what she's so good like why would it yeah. take this long to get to this part of Donna this you know part that's not afraid to be the center of attention for a minute you know thank you I could sit and listen to you guys tell these stories all all day long <laughs> like this is really like wow what about those girls yeah Donna does shine in Paris is what my takeaway is like, again, and I don't know if this is the writers, Brenda, Shannon, she, she is more stoic, more. Yeah. But also I did feel like she's maturing. Like I, I enjoyed Mm -hmm. seeing Brenda, like not Mm -hmm. be whiny, you know, reactive. Like I felt like she was maturing a lot in this episode, which is cool. And while Luke probably said he wanted to work with Jen, I feel like Shannon said to them, like, I just want to work with Tori, like, because we were like buddies off camera. Mm. So 
I think that was a perfect pairing. So I have a question that I hope you'll answer. Did Luke and Shannon get along? Yeah. Off and on. Yeah. So it wasn't like they had to end that relationship because those two just were not getting along. Who knows? Like, you know, they worked very closely together for what is it? Two seasons now. And nobody really knows what went on unless, you know, Shannon wants to come on and talk about it. But like that we'll never really know, but we definitely saw them getting along for sure. And we saw Mm -hmm. them not getting along for sure, but people saw Mm. us getting along for sure and not getting along for sure. Mm -hmm. And we were young and things worked out and we were, you know, together all the time. And sometimes you just couldn't hide the real, what was really happening. So I, to answer your question, yeah, they did get along. But the boys had very distinct personalities. Like, remember the time Jason it describes him perfectly? He goes, I'm Switzerland. Remember he told us that? Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> In the last couple of years, he told us that. And it was like, yeah, you always were. Like, he just very, you know, Jason got along with everyone, you know? He, he never picked fights. He never, he didn't go there. And, you know, but Luke... Luke loved you with all his might, but if he was mad, he was very verbal. Like, you know, he would, mm. he didn't just like take it and they were like oil and water. Is that right? Yeah. Like Shannon and Luke, like they were friends and loved each other. But if she was having something and something was going on, he wouldn't stand for it. And he would just, you know, and they were like, ah. Fascinating. What do we all think of Brandon and Andrea? I'm over it. Oh, I I just feel like a yo-yo, you guys. I feel I feel a little bit used like I'm as an audience. I'm like back and forth and he likes her and he doesn't like her. And what he's liking some other other girl every episode. And now finally she gets over him. She goes out with this adorable uh, Republican. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, they had to put like a political spin on it for Andrea's storyline, um, which I'm sure our audience was like, what's a Republican? What are they even talking about? I was trying to do the timing. I think it was an election year. So they did again make a reference that was accurate. Like the Republican mm. convention probably was that summer because I think we had a presidential election in November of 92. Yeah, but again, I don't real, really think our audience was keen to that <laughs> fact. But it did make for, you know, opposites attracting, which was fun. And and he was so cute, Peter Krause. And I was happy to see him like acting and speaking. And not just in the background. <laughs> but I just didn't get it. I didn't get like what my note is. Why is Brandon now again pining for Andrea when there is no through line? There's no like consistency and there's no like lead up. I just don't get it. Well, I mean, it's that old thing like you want what you can't have yeah. and she's never really with anyone and this is the first time she's kind of it's like hmm, this could be something real and this guy's really cute and she I likes to kiss Andrea <laughs> yeah. what did you guys think of those kisses like cute or kind of awkward kind of both but I yeah. feel like I feel like Andrea's got a sexy side she does <laughs> I, I wonder like you know, we would always like predominantly hear like boys like we're either like Team Brenda or Team Kelly. Um, and then I don't know, Donna came somewhere along the line there. But 
Andrea, you didn't hear much, right? There had to be like an Andrea fetish, right? Oh, there yeah. There has to be. There, ha- Of course, there's people that love that, the brainiac. Right? Like, but she, take your glasses off, kind of sexy. Uh-huh. But you're totally right. She's not just like the sexy, smart, I mean, sorry, she's not just like the smart girl and they're doing the glasses off. She actually innately has a raw sexiness to her. She just does. I don't know, but I was really happy that I, that she knew sign language and I had a takeaway from this episode. I learned some sign language, which was really fun. Yeah. I know this means terrific. Like that <laughs> to me was like, I don't know. I just want to keep doing that all day. I thought her character was cool too, that she stood up to the mom and was like, let this kid, she's a strong woman. Yeah. You know, where she's like, let this kid play with us. Like he shouldn't be more, more isolated than he already is. Yeah. Like she's like, for like being the employee at the fancy beach club and to like talk to the club member, like she had some balls and I was like, go girl. Yeah. She always had balls. I love that too. At the end, the end where she's like, Brandon, what are you doing? Like, no. Yeah. Go, I wrote go, it down. Andrea. You had your chance. You made your choice. What makes you think you're so damn irresistible? And it's like, oh. bam, there it is. I mean, cause he is, but aside from, <laughs> aside from that. I don't know. Like season one, all I wanted was for them to be together. I just wanted it so bad. And now season three, I'm kind of like, I don't know. Not feeling it. I'm not feeling it. Yeah. I have to agree with you. Like the, the, the chemistry, they they waited too long or something Mm. to make it happen. So the audience just kind of fell off with it and moved on. Plus plus he had, he had so many other girls since then. And like, I don't know. You're right. He he got over it a bit quick. Like he really like went for it, went for the kiss, which I Mm -hmm. thought was that kiss was cool because he's so cool. But then when she's like, I like this guy, I'm over you. And he's just like, okay, good luck. (laughs) And then she stays. I I liked it. It was a little, it just moved quick, but I liked it. And then Peter Krause is worried. Like, are you staying for the kids or Brandon? How do you know his yeah. full name was my question. Like Peter Krause. Because it was written in the script. That's why. His name was Jay. No, he knew Brandon Walsh's full name. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Have they ever interacted? No, I don't think so. They met once. Everyone and I know we're running out of Brandon time, Walsh. but we need to talk about Jack, you know, parole. That's hearing. the new Jack. That's the real Jack. Like this is the first time we see Jack McKay, the real Jack. No. Second time? No, we've seen him before. Oh, okay. One more time, yeah. right? Because remember, we had him on. I know. Yeah. I couldn't remember. <laughs> yes. One more time. One, right? In jail. Mm-hmm. And and I was really struck by how much they actually do look alike. They really do. Luke. Yeah. yeah they really Such do. Such good casting. Mm-hmm. And the dad's hot. I love that part, though, in, the, in that uh, scene in the jail when he's like, how's that girlfriend of yours? What's her name? And Dylan goes, Brenda. Her name's Brenda. And then we cut to Brenda and Fr- I just, I thought that was cool. <laughs> we got to Brenda in France. So yeah. foreboding. It's one of my favorite things when you do a Dylan impersonation. <laughs> no, it's like, so, it's obviously it's a girl voice, but like, it's so spot on. <laughs> like it just inhabits Dylan so much. Like you, you always nail it. He's, yeah, he's cool. He's a cool dude. <laughs> I thought it was kind of hilarious when the Frenchmen are talking to the girls from texas and they're like 
do you know Ross Perot? <laughs> Did you guys catch that? I couldn't understand a damn word anyone was saying, honestly. They asked one other, which I couldn't understand. And then I did hear the guy go, do you know Ross Perot? <laughs> and I'm just like, this is taking me back to the 90s. Right? Remember that? The guy? young ones are like, who's Ross Perot? Oh, my God. I thought you were going to say Ross from Friends. <laughs> that's the only so Ross, Ross that's coming up. <laughs> that matters. <laughs> I just was like, Brenda, David. those are... Brenda, the, the, those shoes are not very sensible being a tourist shoes in on the cobblestone streets of France. She's wearing like wedge. Totally yeah. Agree. Very dangerous. Very dangerous. <laughs> and Brian Austin uncle. Green had nothing to do in the whole episode. They <laughs> no, let him, this like, is him. Wait. Catch a keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> he just got them. He was mixing. He was mixing in the beach club house. Why even make that poor guy come to set that day? Like, that's his whole, that was what it. What do you mean? He was super happy. He got paid. He's and he happy. was listening to music. I'm sure he was happy. Yeah. yeah. I just want to see any, you do like a 10 second impersonation of every character. <laughs> that would make me like, cut from one to the other. That would make me real okay, happy. I will work on a one woman show where I okay. do everyone. Perfect. <laughs> So good. Running out of time, but I need to talk about fashion. Okay, okay. Like, let's take a break and we'll come back and you can talk about fashion all you want. Okay. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because, God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast, 
I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Did it have, was there any, was there any fashion like standout moments for you? Let's go Oh my God. Oh my God. Tell us. I'll be quiet. You guys go. I want to know. You're so excited. It's got to be good. Tell us. The lip, the black lips dress. Yes. Are you with the hair? First of all, the hair. Tori, that hair is iconic. I wanted that hair now. That's like a hot roller set right there. Be like, on. That was. Right? Hot rollers. I think that was. And then the tease. Like, so it's like <laughs> comes out a little. I think this was the most gorgeous you've looked. And I think you look great. I love your fashion. I love your hair. All these episodes. But this was like. Oh. Hubba you hubba. Guys, you guys know I'm real hard on myself. I got to admit, I was feeling foxy watching myself back. <laughs> You're like, damn, good. I look good. I was like, I wish I had like could have gone back to my like 17 year old self then and been like, you're hot. Own it. Yeah. Um, But yeah, the lip dress. Mm-hmm. So I have that lip dress, you guys. Haven't, didn't no. we talk about the lip dress already? Like, I feel like you already wore it or no, you couldn't have already worn okay. it. Okay, so in BH90210, we had to recreate it because we were in Canada and oh. we didn't have the lip dress and we tried to find it at home to ship it and we couldn't find it. And somewhere in my vaults of storage. But it was one of those things that I was doing a book signing once and a fan came up and she had the dress. Oh and she God. said when they auctioned off all the wardrobe, I bought it and I've had it the whole time and it should go back to you. And I said, oh my God, no, you, you don't have to do that. And she was like, no, it would make me happy. I've loved it all these years. I would love for you to have it. So wow. yeah. And then I remember going home and putting it back on and being like, I mean, the boobs didn't really fit because I had, <laughs> they used to sew like 
little squishy booby pads, like um, chicklets, little chicken. Yeah. Well, they weren't squishy back then. They were just literally like shoulder pads. That <laughs> Foam. They would, uh-huh. And they would so like open up the things and put them in there. So you couldn't even see it, but. It was there. My boobs spilleth over mm-hmm. now, but I, I got my waist back in there. I'm so happy. And I love you eating, just eating every French pastry and then eating cake with your hand. <laughs> I wanted to my do that. Marie Antoinette moment. It was Let good. Donna eat you cake. looked good. Your acting was and good. Then, it was all good. Yeah. And then same with Jenny, the slicked back hair. Now, I love I, that it was on her. pulled up, but it was slicked back with the black. There's such good black. Yeah. Kelly the, was like, we Kelly was like vixeny. Babe. She was dressed very vixeny, like I'm stealing yes. your man wardrobe. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna wear my black and my leopard and my everything. Like Kelly, Kelly didn't wear black much. She was always in pops of color. Yeah. You know, Brenda kind of always wore black because I think that's probably what Shannon dictated, but like, but seeing you in black, oh, so good. And I love your hair back. I mean, you know, I'm very fond of your bangs, but oh, seeing your hair. I like that too. Yeah. That was good stuff. Steve still Hot. looks horrendous. Just uh, he's horrendous. very tan though. He looks delightful. His muscles are amazing and Great his tan body. is so good. Great face. Yep. Awful shorts, awful tank top. <laughs> awful. You you need to remember, go to some therapy, I think. You guys remember, <laughs> I totally remember love Dolph- him. I mean, I love him, but remember dolphin shorts? Yes, remember those? I love them. I love it. Remember they had like striped ones, but they had that cut, like those cut that yeah, they like, had, like the sh- up little- on the sides. <laughs> On the sides, mm-hmm. like ah, oh, they should bring dolphins back. They were the best for girls. For girls, yeah. <laughs> well, that goes for a lot of Steve's wardrobe. You're like that kind of works if it was on a female. What about favorite what favorite line? Did you like a? Wait, can I do one more outfit? So sorry. Yes, yes, do it. Dylan's suit for the parole hearing with the star tie. The double breasted, not didn't fit him quite right. <laughs> that was a miss. But then he came back strong with the cool pants with the white tank. I was like, hell yeah. Hello, <laughs> Luke Perry, you are hot. That was a Luke wasn't really 10. a suit guy. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. He's more, he was more rugged. Yeah. Well, we let's get to our favorite line. Um, I mm-hmm. one stood out for me to for Kelly was when in doubt, lie. <laughs> really words to live by. I don't know if I had a favorite line. Come on, love hurl. Get off the road. Oh, hurl. I was like, I'm going to hurl. I was like, uh, who says hurl? So, so dated. Good. You say, you, oh, I love hurl. You still, the best. you still say hurl? I'm going to hurl? I don't think so, but I just love it. No, I don't I love so. it. Well, we're, we, this was a good episode, but it's, again, it's things are heating up and I'm loving the France and the, and the beach club, like back and forth. Yeah, that's like sexiness, being able to be in another country and then also be at the beach. Mm-hmm. Those two go really nicely together. So everybody, your homework for next week is episode four of season three, Sex, Lies, and Volleyball. I don't know, but just the title alone, I'm in. Oh my gosh, which is 
a takeoff of Sex, Lies, and Videotape, which was mm-hmm. one of my favorite movies because I'm a huge James Spader fan. I used to write Victoria Spader, um, that's my <laughs> full name, on all of my school, oh on my all God. my papers, all of my papers. It was all over my notebooks. That's all I wrote was Victoria oh Spader. God. Random. How can you say that? Just as we have to go, we're going to have to talk about Obsessed. that. Okay. Because there are some James Spader shirtless scenes in uh, Sex, Lies, and Videotape. Uh, it's, uh, I, I used to rewind it, <laughs> and I used to take my Polaroid camera and take pictures of it frozen of him looking great, and I put them up on my wall. Okay, anyway. I've got to watch this movie, this Sex, Lies, oh, and Videotape. God. Pretty and Before we go, we did zero, get a he's quick everything. Jake. We got a quick Jake mention in this episode. He's done. He's out. So they, yeah. Off so of Jake, on to Dylan. Thank goodness. <laughs> As it should be. All right, everybody. That's it for this week. Love you guys. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was wounded! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene! Run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP the Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. It was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.